done a fantastic job talking about the Holy Spirit the last couple weeks, and we've been in the book of John for a while, and I was going to shift out of the book of John, actually, but right where he left off in John 16 is just, it's one of those scriptures that almost, it just catches me, it like, it it's something that has always made me kind of stir it up and say, wait a minute, there's, got, there's something in there that I, I need to kind of get. And can we, can we start there with John 16, 13? And this is, and this is right after, you know, you know, Jesus has been kind of laying down things on him and saying that, you know, I'm getting ready to leave, I'm, I'm departing, you're not going to see me anymore, and eventually you'll see me again, and all this stuff, and they're all confused, and, uh, you know, he's telling them I'm the, the way, the truth, and life, and I'm the vine, and I'm the shepherd, and he's, he's told them that the Holy Spirit's coming, so he's, he says here in John 16, 13, when the Spirit of truth comes, now we can change that now, because he's came, so now that the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you into all the truth. That's something I think we all kind of should desire. He won't speak on his own. He will never speak, or he will speak whatever he hears. Just like Jesus said, I only do what the Father has done. I only say what my Father tells me to say. Holy Spirit's falling right in line. I'm only going to speak what I hear. I'm only going to do what I've seen done. But this last line, he will also declare to you what is to come. Hmm. You ever just kind of know something's coming? You kind of think, how, you know, or, or after the fact, how did I even know that? Or someone could say, how did you even know that? This is real, folks. This is real stuff. Holy Spirit's a real deal. He's really doing these things. And we need to really open up today. If I can ask anything today is to encourage you is to open up your spiritual ears and eyes to say, I just want to, like, get outside my comfort zone and my box and say, I want to really kind of grasp this. I really want to open up what this Holy Spirit's all about in my life. Um, you know, is he really, is, is this thing sometimes I say, I, I can't explain it, I don't understand it? Well, now I have an answer. It's the Holy Spirit doing X, Y, and Z in my life. Or he's attempting to do X, Y, and Z in my life. Sometimes we want to be like, eh, I don't want to listen. I want to stay in my comfort zone. Uh, and the Holy Spirit's saying, step out. Um, <clears throat> so... First of all, next, let's go to the next slide real quick. So in the Old Testament, of course, we had a book of laws. We had them, they were written out, they were visible, you could read them, you could see them. And when you pointed out sin to somebody, it, this is kind of hard for us to imagine because of the day and age we're living in, but they didn't feel that natural conviction. But you could point to the law and say, hey, Bill, you shouldn't have done that. That's law number 127. You are not allowed to, you know, do that. And Bill would go, oh, man, that, that is a law, okay? Um, so each year they would have to come and do their sacrifices, get cleansed, do a sin offering, get cleansed of their sins. But Jeremiah here prophesied, received a prophecy from the Lord, and said, this is Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, 
Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant and that they broke, that I was their husband, declares, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and write it on their hearts. No longer do you have to open up a book and read or pull out some stone tablets and read what the laws are. Now they're written in here. So it's no longer, and this is going to be a theme today, it's no longer about a fleshy material object that you can see. God has shifted us now in His new covenant into more of spiritual stuff you don't see. The Holy Spirit, you're not, you're not watching Him walk around, but it doesn't make Him any less real. Jesus we saw, in a, or shouldn't say we saw, but they saw in a physical aspect as a man. Now the Holy Spirit's here, we don't see Him but he's everywhere. And Fred broke that down last week, how the difference. You know, Jesus was one man in one spot. The Holy Spirit's everywhere. What a benefit and a blessing. Like, talk about a covenant to live in. And I will be their God, they shall be my people, and no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. We talk about benefits. Can we just thank the Lord right now that our sins are forgiven? Now, I just really want you to, to get that moral. We have a moral compass built in us. I don't need to sit down with somebody and say, hey, that's sin. I'm not saying we can't do that because if an unbeliever or somebody's like, is that really sin? You know, you can, you can point, I'm not saying you can't use the Bible to point it out, but we all have that moral compass that we know right from wrong. We don't have to sit around and go, is that really wrong? Is that really bad? Because if you pray about it, the Holy Spirit's going to pop up inside of you and speak and go, you know that's wrong. You know that's wrong. Or if you, you, you feel like the Holy Spirit's going like, hey man, Holly needs $20. And you're like, man, I only got like 40 in my wallet. That's got to get me through. Holly needs $20. And then you have the choice to say like, eh, I'm not doing it. I need that $40. Or the Holy Spirit's going, you know, you're, I'm telling you to give it. Do it. So he's the jack of all trades. Sometimes he's telling you to do something. A lot of times he's telling you not to do something. Um, ah, a million different ways to go with this. Let's get back, go back one slide. Go back to John 16, 13 for me, please. I'm going to start, let me just one step at a time. That word, okay, when the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you. Now, when He says guide you, that's not just simply a, like, you know, taking you by the hand. This is a lot of different things. It's leading you, teaching you, instructing you. He's not limited in all the ways He can do it. He can do it a million different ways. He can bring someone into your life that'll speak into a situation that you're involved in and you're going, how, how, did, how did you know what to say to me? Right. But it's right on point. This just happened not too long ago. And I'm trying, Holy Spirit, help me to remember this. Um, because it was, 
It was somebody that told me they were they were hearing it from certain people, but it was people that they were close to. And then all of a sudden, a stranger appeared in their life and spoke to them. And that's when they went, man, God's for real. Like, it was that moment of, man, it's one thing for my family and my friends to be telling me because I hear it all the time. But when a stranger walks in your life and says, hey, blah, blah, and you're like, man, how'd you know that? Holy Spirit's real. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare. And that word declare, again, it's speak, talk, proclaim, speak forth, tell, whisper. His voice can change depending on the situation. He's not always going to be loud and, and, and you know, screaming at you. Sometimes he needs to. Sometimes it's a quiet whisper. Are you listening to me? Sometimes it's firm. Sometimes it's in love. Sometimes it's harsh. But one of the words that kind of stood out to me was, he discloses things. Now, when someone discloses something to you, what's that kind of telling you? They're revealing a secret. A lot of times what that means. If I disclose something to Pastor Fred, it kind of means it's something I don't want everyone to know. And, and I maybe don't want him to tell everybody. And what that tells me is the Holy Spirit has a word for you. And sometimes only you. And sometimes you might need to just take that word and stick it in your pocket and say, okay, uh, I believe you, Holy Spirit. I don't know how, but I'm just going to soak and meditate and pray on that word. He's going to reveal secrets to you. And, and for some reason, for, for me, that, that seems like, let, let's just step way outside this box for a second and think just tiny little you. But God is saying to the Holy Spirit, hey, I want you to go tell Jeff, blah, blah, blah. And the Holy Spirit goes, hey, Jeff. I, I just really think of the impact of that. The God of the universe, the creator of the universe, will speak to the Holy Spirit to speak to you. That should, like, wow you. That the God that created everything and all things wants to whisper to you sometimes individually. Wow. Wow. And the thing is, we need to reach a level of faith where we believe that and receive that. That we're not saying, like, ah, not me. No, God's not speaking to me. Nope, God's not telling me. Nope, nope, that's just me. That's my crazy thoughts. God, I, I promise you, has spoken to every person here something unique and something that you've made you go, me? No way. And then it's up to you to say, by faith, I received that thing and I'm going to walk in it. Or the doubt, fear, negativity. I don't deserve that. I can't, not possibly me. I've done this. I've done that. And all those thoughts come in and that takes you. So which path are you going to choose? The Holy Spirit saying, walk with me by faith, trust me, or the world telling you, you ain't good enough, you ain't smart enough, you're not anointed enough, all those other negative thoughts. He wants to, to disclose secrets of heaven to you. You know, there's people in here, I, I, I can almost guarantee it. Pastor Fred has probably read the Bible who knows how many times. I've read it, who, who knows. Darrell's read it how many times. I mean, I'll, there's people in here, you've read a passage of Scripture and have read something totally that we didn't see. I'll bet you it's happened. I'll bet you you have read Scripture and had a revelation of something that I've never, boom, Pastor Fred's never, boom. That's what this is all about. 
don't think like when you read the Bible, well, I, I need to ask help. I need to understand like there's times that you might get a revelation from the Holy Spirit that no one else gets. And it's for you. And it's for your season and your time. And you need to walk in that and believe that. That the Holy Spirit really is in there saying, man, I got a, I got a, I got a word for you. When you read, you know, John, whatever, and like, man, that's right what I'm going through. That's, that's, that's right where I'm at in my life. The Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. Trust me. He knows what he's doing. All right, so let's break this down a little bit. So he wants to guide you into all the truth. Now, when I read that, I think, you know, you could think like there's a, when you think truth, like the sky's blue, water's wet. Those are simple truths, right? But when we think about really in-depth truths, let's think about this. We have evangelical truth. We have truth of ideas, reality, sincerity, truth in the moral atmosphere. So this benefit to this is saying something like this. If you believe you have that spirit in you, guiding you into all truth, and let's say myself, Pastor Fred, somebody up here speaking, says something that's out of context, biblically wrong, you should get that check. Like, wait a minute, that don't sound right. Something don't feel right with that. That's, that's one of the benefits of this. You hear, or you're watching a sermon online, or you're watching somebody on TV, and they say something out of context. You, the Holy Spirit in you is going to be like, eh, you might want to read on that yourself. You want to read on that. Double check that. Don't just buy into all that. And then the truth of like sincerity. That man, when I read that in my study Bible, like the Holy Spirit will give you that little bit of wisdom to say if someone's like. Are they serious or are they, are they just messing with me? Is someone seriously caring for me or are they just being like, give me their you know, three seconds of airtime? You know? Because how often do we get this? Pastor Fred, how are you, how you feeling? Oh, I'm good. You going through anything? No, I'm good. You good? Okay. You good? You good? Yeah, I'm good. good. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. I didn't really care. Yeah. <laughs> but how many times do you initiate a conversation? Are you really concerned with that? person or are you just kind of doing the going through the motions and we sense that sometimes from people and we say are they sincere or not and the Holy Spirit will help you the Holy Spirit will tell you that person doesn't really they're not they don't care they don't care they're just being they're putting on the face and here's where Lead you into all truth. All right, yeah, we're going to do this now. Come on up, come on up, folks. Assume your positions. We're going to do a little visual demonstration today. All right. Let me, before you guys start, I'm going to break this down. Phil used to hang out with this crew, and... This is the party crew, man. This is the party house. Okay? This is where the, this is where the trouble happens. This is where the, you know, this, this is where you read on Cumberland on patrol. Right over here in this house. Now, Phil has come out of that. He's like, I don't want to live that life anymore. I, I'm, I want to be done with that. Okay? 
Now, just because you come out of that, that's, that's like step one. But over here, we have the Holy Spirit <laughs> saying, <laughs> say, the sassy spirit, Holy Spirit. <laughs> that now says, all right, he's out of that. I got purpose for you. I, let's go. I got a plan for you, Bill. I got, let's go. Okay? So what happens is, all right, so Phil's out of this, but these guys are still doing their thing. They're over here, you know, drinking, partying it up. I didn't put any women in the skip, but, you know, there's women coming over in and out of the house. And so what happens is Phil's attention is still there. In his heart, he's still going, man, I, I know I came out of that, but, man, I still, there's part of me still wants to be in that. And the Holy Spirit's saying, I got life for you over here. I got the abundant life I want to take you on a journey with. But he thinks he's still tempted. And here's the thing. Here's, the, here's where I talk about the theme of what's seen and not seen. To the world, you see Phil and you say, he's out of that. Praise God. He's out of that. He's not, he's not engaging in that anymore. But his heart and his mind are still thinking about it. Even though he's telling himself, I'm not going there, I'm not going back to that, still his thoughts are there. And the Holy Spirit's going, I got purpose, plan, love, destiny, future, all kinds of goodness over here. Get your mind off that stuff and let's go. But we tell ourselves at the end of the day, see, so Phil, after this whole day, lays his head down at night and guess what he says? I didn't sin today. I didn't sin. I'm good. I, 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 didn't, I didn't partake. I didn't sin. The goal is not to just not sin. That's not the goal and the purpose here. At the end of the night, that shouldn't be what you say laying down. Hey, at least I didn't sin today. Yeah. The goal should be, I led a spirit-filled day. I had purpose today. I had a vision today. God gave me something to do today, and I went and did it, and man, do I feel good about it. Because when you go to bed like this, you still feel empty. You're empty. You don't feel great and good. Like At first, before I get, at first you might. I mean, when you first pull yourself out of this, those first days, weeks of just saying, I didn't participate and do all this stuff, yes, that, that feels great. I've been, I was there. But after a little bit of time, the Holy Spirit's saying, I want to fill you up and let's go. Let's get on this journey. So when he says guide you into all truth, it's not just, okay, I can't sin. That's my truth. No. The truth is once you start following, and here's the beauty of it, once you turn your eyes over here and go this way, you're not even thinking about the sin anymore. It's not even a thought. It's not a temptation. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, as they start walking together, sure enough, one of these yahoos is going to make their way in front of his path and go, hey, man, we miss you. Where you been? And then you have the option to say, man, I, I ain't about that life no more. As a matter of fact, well, I got you here because... 
Let me tell you about the Holy Spirit. Because that's what I'm doing now. You want to join me on this path? Yeah, I ain't about that. Man. That's the life. That's the choice. When he says, guide you into all truth, he, wants, he has a life for you. He's got a purpose for you. Thanks, folks. You guys can have a seat. Appreciate you guys. And here's the that purpose life, that spirit life is so fulfilling. It's so fulfilling. It's not just a, like, because not only is it going to fill you, you're going to end up filling others. Like, it, it's so powerful. And I've told this here before, but I, it's, it just started me again. The simplest little things, and, and I, Please hear my heart when I say this. This is not a me going like AJ. I was in Columbus praying for because the guy was I was listening to a pastor. He was talking about having a heart to really serve God. Do you really have the heart to serve God, or are you just kind of airplay it? You know, you going to church, just showing up, hey, hey, hey. Or do you really have a heart that says I want to serve? And man, I, I got convicted, and I said, man, well, I, I want that heart because I don't think I have it. I really don't. Like I was, and so I left there. And I'm crying. I'm driving, and I was going back. I think I was going. I can't remember if I was going to work or school. And I was like, Lord, I just want that heart. I want that heart. I want that heart. And I pull up to a stoplight. And across the corner from me, there was a car doing this sputtering thing. And I was like, that don't look right. Something ain't good. And they, they hobbled into a, um, a speedway, which is like a Sheets of Ohio. And I'm just kind of like, huh. And I just felt like I was like, I, I need to go over there and check it out. Now, the easy thing I could have said, well, they're already at a gas station. I mean, heck, they're, you know, they're not, they're already in good shape. But I pulled in, pulled up, and here was an older lady sitting behind the wheel. So I walked up to the window, and I said, is everything okay? And she was, like, in panic mode. I don't know what's going on. I'm hitting the, the, the brakes and the gas, and I don't know what's going on in my car. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, um, let me, I said, I'm not, trust me, I'm no car expert by any means, but can I just look inside your car? And I, it's like a Holy Spirit moment. I looked down, her emergency brake was pushed in. You could just tell it was, and I'm like, I think your emergency brake <clears throat> released it. That's all it was. Somehow she had accidentally hit that. You'd have thought I just handed her a winning lotto ticket. She was so joyful and happy and said, oh my gosh, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I, you know, and I said, man, it's, it's nothing. Like, you know, it's... And I just, I pulled out of there and then it like, it's weird in that moment it doesn't hit you. So I left and I went, man, that was a Holy Ghost moment. Like, I just asked for a heart to serve, and Lord put something in front of me. Said, "Do you mean it? Are you really going to go do this, or are you just going to?" Because I'm telling you, before that, if it had been probably a couple years before that, I'd have went like, "She's at a gas station, and she can walk in there and get anybody to help her." Down the road, I'd have went. Just being real. And it's moments like that when you lead a spirit-filled life that there will be opportunities and things where you can just be like, "Man, it feels good to have purpose. It feels good to have God-given purpose." It feels good to, you know, in the middle of the day to think, man, God used me today. Like, because a lot of times we hear that's, that's people, they, they have that revelation, like, in life. Man, why am I even here? What am I doing in this world? Why am I, why, God, why'd you even make me? And it's because you're not fulfilling your God-given, Holy Spirit-filled purpose. And when you start doing that, sky's the limit.
All right, next slide. I think we, we break this down, right? This is the next slide. Yep. Okay. Here's a tough one. <laughs> because, again, going back to the, the old standard saying, well, sin is sin. I can read it. I can read the laws. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. But how many of us, we know when Jesus came, he actually made the standard a little bit tougher. He didn't ease the standard. He paid the price for your sin. But he also said that the standard went. And just remember, he's not the okay spirit. He's not the good spirit. He's the holy spirit. Holy spirit. So at the end of the day, if you're saying to yourself, I didn't murder anybody today. I don't even own a gun. But Jesus said in Matthew 5, 21, 22, you've heard it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell fire. Wow. Ah, the guilt in the room. Think about that. Jesus is basically saying murder is now basically just attacking someone's character. And basically what it comes down to is he's like, that's a, that's a child of God created by me just like you are. So when you're insulting them, you're insulting me. If you're talking down to them, you're basically talking down to me. And so we have to allow the Holy Spirit to kind of move on us to say, I can't, I got to get out of these bad habits of talking down to people, insulting people, holding grudges, being angry with somebody, being like, I can't stand you. And the only way to do that is by faith and by stepping outside. You have to really have spiritual ears and eyes to look at that person and say, that's a, that's a child of God. And there's something moving in them maybe to talk, to insult me or do something to me. And I need to focus on that thing, not them. Does that make sense? Especially someone that's not saved. Man. If you're not, we have to, like, it's, this is tough. But it has to become something where you make a self-declaration and say, from now on, when someone comes and insults me, puts me down, I'm going I'm to I'm pray for that person later and mean it. Like, gotcha. Because, I'm going to be visual demonstration again. Tara, come here. Holly, come here. AJ, come here. What we have, Carrie, you stand over here, please. So what we have is, let's just step outside of who these people really are. So Holly's worldly, you know, don't like church, don't want nothing to do with church. Kara's spirit-filled Christian, but they know, they've known each other for, you know. So Holly is subject to what? All kinds of influence, demonic influence. So AJ, sorry, you're, you're, you're going to play the demonic influence. 
So let's just say they disagree on something real just silly, you know, like, I don't know, the weather. You know. AJ, being the demonic influence, says, man, just tell Kara how stupid she is. She don't blah, blah. Tells her. Now, what Kara, all Kara sees is Holly saying, you're stupid. What's invisible is this. You don't see this. But you have to get to a point where you know that's there. So when this goes back and forth, what the re realization is as a Christian is, I'm going to pray against that. Not this. That. That's where my battle's at. So really, like, think about this. When she goes to pray, a lot of times we're guilty of this. Lord, convict Holly, pray against Holly, you know, blah, blah. No, 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 no. That spirit, you, whatever you want to call this thing, you foul spirit, you foul this, you spirit of, of influence, blah, blah. I cast you off Holly's life in the name of Jesus. That's the thing you're praying against. Do you see the difference? You're not really playing for Holly as much as you're praying against this thing. Because that's the reality of what's going on a lot of times. You think you're having a conversation with, with a couple people, and reality is there's a demonic influence around one of them, and you're over here going like, why are you talking to me like that? Why are you addressing me like that? Why are you insulting me? Why are you... Hello? Because this. And that's the thing. You need to stand up and say, I'm praying against that thing. And I, I mean, sometimes, especially if you're friends, be bold enough to say, Holly, man, I want to pray this thing off you. Now, she might tell you to get lost. I ain't, yeah, I ain't about that. But you never know. Say, man, just, can I just can I pray with you? I, I want you to be free of this thing. It's got to be in love. Like, I want you to be free of this thing. Do you, do you enjoy, like, throwing out insults? Do you enjoy being negative? Do you enjoy being angry? And if they say, yeah, that's me. That's who I am. It's tough. But they might finally reach a point and say, you know what, I am tired of this. I'm tired of having these. That's all I do. I'm so negative. I'm so angry all the time. Let's deal with this thing. Let's pray for this thing. I'm going to pray this thing off of you. That's where we need to get to a point to. Thank you, ladies. The second slide here. Second part of this, no, no, back. Second part of this, you've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, oh, every, every man in the gym, or every man in the church, that everyone who looks at a woman, that's where I'm going, <laughs> every man who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Oh, dear. And see, in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, it was just, do not commit adultery. So what do you hear a guy say all the time? What's the, what's the go-to line? I can look, as long as I don't touch. Wrong. Wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. I'll tell another personal story. When I was living in Ohio. I'm in Ohio... And I'm like, I'm going there to go to get my, you know, my degree, evangelist degree, and like that's my focus. I'm not, I don't want to date anybody. I don't want to go on any dates. I'm, I'm here for school. And I joined the gym. 
I'm doing my thing at the gym, and I'm like, man, uh, you know, it's 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 just it's a good place and it's a bad place, <laughs> and I had a Holy Spirit moment. I was being I'm being transparent. I'm checking some girl out, and I I it's like I felt this little bit of conviction. I was like, I'm not married. I'm not dating anybody. I can I mean, what's wrong with looking? And the Holy Spirit kind of said, well, what if you were married? Would you be checking out that girl then? I said, well, I'd feel bad about it. But he said, I want you to start living your life right now like you're married. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, it hit me. It hit me like a ton of bricks. I said, yeah, because if I do it now and I just keep doing it, and also, I'm going to try to turn the switch off, get married, and turn the switch off. Get used to do it now. Get in that lifestyle now. Walk in that, like, like I'm, already, I'm already married. Single people. Where are my single people? Do it now. I'm telling you. I, I, the easiest thing in the world to do is, is, is just give in to the lustful thoughts. And I'm telling you, the devil will. <laughs> I'm going to steal one of the autumn signs. Listen. I'm at Planet Fitness up in Ohio. And I, I literally took, this is my first time at this, at this branch up there. I took four steps in the door, and there was probably, I saw five girls that looked like they were at the beach, the way they were dressed. I'm like, what in the world? Like, and so I, everywhere I'd try to go to a machine, I was like, I finally find one machine that's facing a wall. I sit down to start working out. I am not making this up, as God is my witness. I'm like, all right, I'm safe here. I get one set in. Two girls come up with their bags. I'm right here. The wall's here. They get right over this wall, drop their bags down. They're bent over, getting in their bags, getting their stuff out. And I'm, and I'm like sitting there going like, devil, you are a liar. Like... It was like they literally walked in the gym and were like, we're going to mess with that guy. <laughs> Let's go. Like, that's how blatantly obvious it was. And it's like, even if I just looked straight ahead to my set, everyone in the gym would have been like, look at that pervert. Look at him. Like, I mean, I literally had to... Yes. Oh, just... That truth. But guys, this is the standard. The new standard is tougher. But thankfully, now you have a Holy Spirit that is your moral compass. He's in there saying right, wrong. Eyes away, brother. Eyes away, sister. Just women too. Don't, don't you all act like you're innocent. I know you all be in there like, dang. So. And again... Again, the theme here is you go from something that you can see to you can't see. If I'm at the gym and I'm physically standing there talking to some girl and it looks more, you know, than just a little conversation, people can be like, oh man, Jake, like, that doesn't look right. You can see that. 
But if I'm just over there on, my, on the treadmill and I've got my eyes wandering, you really don't, like, no one knows what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling. But who does? Holy Spirit moving into your heart saying, Your eyes shouldn't be going over there. You know it. Murder. Just like, like it says there. I could, to the, to the, to the naked eye, you know, if I'm walking around and, and like I, me and Fred are you know, having a disagreement and I walk away going like, man, that guy, what a clown, blah, blah, blah. Everyone can tell, oh, man, he's, he's mad, he's angry. But at the same time, if I put the smiles on, hey, man, you know, blah, 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 good to see you, man, blah, blah. And I walk away, and, and in my heart, I'm just going like, he is such a I'm still guilty of murder. And the only person that knows it's me and the Lord. The natural world is going like, oh man, look, they get along great. And in the meantime, I got this up. The difference in our world now is what you see, you can't see. The new covenant, a lot of things are what you can't see. Next slide, please. I'm going to end it, well, kind of end it here. Do I have time? Yeah, I got time. This is where your life should be. This should be evident. We know these. But we're going to break them down a little bit. This, this should be your life. When you have a spirit-filled life, you know, we fill. It starts to take the, the journey with the Holy Spirit. These things should be like popping up like wildflowers, man. Just joy, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The law is not against such things. There's no law that can come up in, against any of that. None of that. That's all good stuff. So, and of course, different translations are different words sometimes used. So what I did, just kind of dug into a couple different study Bibles and websites. Just look for some, I always or look for different like catchphrases and little things to kind of break it down a little more. So, next slide. First one's love. We have the next slide. Now, this word love is the agape. If you don't know, in the Greek language, there's four different words for love. They're not simpletons like us English, and we just say love's one thing. Like they break it down into four categories. Okay, that's a whole other thing. But this agape is not the emotional feeling of love. Ah, oh, I'm in love. Not that. It's I love this. The devotion to the well-being of someone. Are you simply just going through the motions in a friendship for a family member? Or are you really concerned on their well-being? Will you really do whatever you can to, to, to ease their pain, to help them, uh, comfort them, nurture them? Kind of like the Holy Spirit does with us. Are you willing to do that? Or are you saying, like, well, I don't love that person. I don't feel nothing towards that person. That should have nothing to do with it. It's not a feeling. It's a declaration. Agape love is a declaration and something that you say, I will do this. It has nothing to do with feeling. Okay? It's, I see a need, and I'm going to meet it. I know someone's going through something, I'm going to call and pray for them. I know someone's down their luck, I'm going to bless them with, you know, $50. Like, whatever it means, I'm going to cook them a meal. Something. It's the, it's the well-being of someone else. Putting something in front of your own need. 
What I, what I read about it, I'm going to get to this right at the end, is compassion. You have compassion for people. You have compassion for people. Joy. It's gladness. This is not determined by the circumstances in your life. This is a heart matter, not a flesh matter. There's people in this world that you can hand them a new boat, car, motorcycle, house, and they're still going. That's why you see athletes going through stuff. You see athletes going broke. You see celebrities going into depression, and you see all these things. It's because these material things will make you happy. They're not giving you joy. There's people out there on a, driving a $100,000 car. Hey, look at my car. But inside, empty, hurting, lost, no purpose. And if you, if you dig it online enough, you read stories, people that win the lotto end up miserable. <laughs> but it's because those material things bring you temporary happiness. They're not giving you joy. Joy should be something that says, no matter what, at the end of the day, I got the Lord in my life, and that's all I need. Everything else is just a blessing. Paul said, I'm content with a lot, content with little. I got joy. Peace, harmony, order and security in the midst of turmoil, strife, and temptation. Remember, like I said earlier, all of a sudden, Bill decides to walk along the spirit, and somebody bumps into him that he hadn't seen, and says, man, hey, man, won't you come back and join us? And you're like, we're good. You got peace. There's not even like a temptation there. There's not even like something you're like going like, eh, maybe for a night. Nope. You got total peace to say, I'm good. And it's also peace in the middle of like turmoil in your life. You ever seen somebody that's like going through something crazy and yet they're not crazy and you're like, how you how you doing that? It's because you have peace that passes all understanding. Can I, can I brag you up for a second? The night our house burned down, we were at Pastor Ron Stavala and his wife's house when the, when the call came. And I'm like, blank. And we get in the car, and Christine cranked on Caleb and just started praying. Like, Lord, you already got a plan, a purpose. This is just a, you know attempt, you know. But I know, God, you already have greater things planned, blah, blah. And I'm going... <laughs> And it took me about a minute or two, because I'm going like, wait a minute, what? I was still in a state of shock. And all of a sudden I was like, man, she's right. This ain't, God's greater than this thing. And peace. Patience. Lord, bless them with patience. Long-suffering. To bear along with the frailties, offenses, hurts of others without murmuring or complaining. How often do we hear somebody talking about a situation or they're, you know, they're, they're going through whatever and you kind of just want to get away from it? We're all guilty. But patience says, just, we'll get through this. We'll get through this. Patience is also dealing with you know, people that are just children, family that are, that are tough to be around. It's a gift of the Spirit. It's one that I think we all need to kind of walk in and practice. 
You know, we're all guilty of being short-tempered sometimes. You know, something takes us from zero to ten, and you're like, man, I need patience. <laughs> Remind yourself. Tell the Holy Spirit, hey, man, this is one of your, this is one of your promises, and I need that patience. And he'll be there. Kindness, uprightness, excellence. I love that. Even-tempered and refined in character and conduct. You ever meet those people that you just can't say anything bad about? There's not a lot of them, but, but, <laughs> but there are some. I mean, there are some people that you can say, man, I, I just don't, like, I don't think I could say anything bad about them. Like, how, how do you, you know, like, Darrell Eby. Can you, anybody say anything bad about Darrell Eby? I can't. Lord, Lord. <laughs> but Darrell, to me, you're one of those guys. Like, I, I just, like, I know I haven't gotten to know you that great, but I mean, like, you just seem one of those guys that I, I don't, I don't see any, you're just one of those great guys that's even-tempered, refined, you know, like, full of joy, peace. Um, it's just it's it's those are the people you kind of people gravitate to, because they're not griping, complaining, arguing, fighting. It's like man, like I want to spend more time around this person because they they give me peace. All right, next next slide. Goodness. Now we're talking when I put intrinsic naturally. It's like it's just this natural ability to see the good in all things. You do good without any obligations. You're not looking for a payback. Well, I'll do. I'll scratch your back. You gotta. You gotta get mine. Generous, godlike in life and conduct. These are the people that, you know, you're in a group and like you're at sheets and somebody comes in and like they just look like they're struggling and you're like, hey, I'm not gonna bother stuff. Like that's that person. I'm gonna go get their stuff. I'm gonna get. Or you're somewhere out and about and you see somebody. I'm gonna go pray with them, man. I can. I can just. It's like they just have that natural goodness. Or this is one that I really love about somebody. Kind of go back to what I just said. You know, you're, you're in a group of a couple people, and all of a sudden it's like the consensus all of a sudden is, you're, you know, you start bad-mouthing somebody, you know. Oh, man. You know that Ray Dawson? Yeah, he's the, 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 he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden there's that one person group, man, man, I like Ray. I think Ray's a good dude. That's that person. That's goodness. They're not going to just join the crowd just to fit in. They'll speak life. They're not afraid to look like the outsider. And they'll be good. Faithfulness. Faith. Fidelity. Most of us only heard the, hear the word infidelity, but fidelity obviously is the opposite of that. Trust in God and all that he says. And the character of one who can be relied upon. You want to be around, like, you know, the, the old adage you've seen, it's like two people getting ready to get married, and the one spouse-to-be says, I'll be committed to you 95%, but 5% I'm going to be unfaithful. What? what? No, 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 no. I want 100%. Well, I'll give you 95. That's good. No. And that's kind of what the Holy Spirit's saying. This walk with God, we want 100%. We want faithfulness. Like, don't tell us you're going to take Friday night off. Don't tell us you're going to take a day off a week. Like this faith walk, this walk in the Holy Spirit is, is a daily process. And it's the same thing in our real life friendships, relationships. Husband, wife, father, sons, daughters, grandparents, aunts, uncles. We want people in our lives that are faithful. 
Doesn't it feel good to know that there's people in your life that, you, I mean, you're, you tell people, I can count on them. And it might be a small, for, you know, it might be a small group for some people, I, you know, one person. Maybe there's two, five, seven. But you're like, I can count on them for anything. They're going to be there. My one, my one friend, Chris Whiteman, used to always say, he'd call, we'd call each other 2 a.m. buddies. You're my 2 a.m. buddy. What's that mean? It means if I'm in a car wreck at 2 a.m., I can call you. Or if I'm going through, my wife kicks me out of my house at 2 a.m., I can call you. You know, it's like that person that'll wake up and, and stop their life at 2 a.m. for you. They're not going to be like, man, it's 2 a.m. Faithfulness. Gentleness, mildness, meekness, humility. No feelings of revenge. Even balance in tempers and passions. That's a tough one because a lot of us kind of, we like revenge. We have this natural inclination to want to get people back. But the Holy Spirit's saying, let it go. Forgive them and let it go. That's a tough one. I think in our world right now, patience and and this is probably our two biggest. Because we want to have, and it's like we want to see the reckoning. We want to see someone pay. Someone insults you or humiliates you or embarrasses you. You're like, man, I want them to pay, and I want to see it. But again, it goes back to what are you really fighting against? Are you fighting against them or the spirit that's using them? And again, it's okay to want to embarrass that spirit. It's okay to want to humiliate that evil spirit. You want to cast him out and say, like, I want to stomp on your neck, devil. That's what you want. And finally, the last one is self-control. Self-restraint. Continence. I looked that up in the, I don't know if it was the, which dictionary? Webster's? I don't know. But the second part says, it's restraint, especially when it comes to sex. Hmm. I like when you say that word in church. It's just like you can hear a pin drop. Virtue of one who masters his desires and passions. Maybe that one needs to be up there too. Self-control is a challenge for single people. Yikes. The Holy Spirit, though, <laughs> he tries best. Stop. Cold shower. Do something. Run. Go outside. Go run around the block. He'll try desperately to. Nope. He'll try. Listen, I didn't. Man, I, I ain't going to go there. Those nine fruits should be evident in our life as, as a believer, as a spirit filled believer. They should be just churned out. There shouldn't, there shouldn't be like seven of nine or four out of nine. They should be prominent, all nine. That's, that's where this should take you. Don't, don't set the standards too short. Don't say like, well, I, you know, I can get four of them, but that patience, man, I ain't, I ain't getting that. Nope, he wants all of them for you, all of them. And too often we just, we, we mutter out excuses like, that's the way God made me, short-tempered, and no patience. No, he didn't. The world has made you that way. 
Your surroundings have made you that way. Your upbringing is, I'm not saying it's your fault. A lot of times it's not your fault. But the Holy Spirit is not, doesn't want you to stay there. He doesn't want you to stay there and just stay in and, and declare, wow, well, it's the way God made me. I'm just mean and, and short-tempered. Deal with it. No, you deal with it. Pray about it. Now, and this is what I'm going to close here. This is the one that I just thought, how do you sum this up? How do you, the fruit of the Spirit in, in a moment, I thought, how do you really say I'm full of the Holy Spirit? And what, 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 what's something that can just show? And in Luke 23, 34, next slide. Jesus is getting crucified, punched, spit on, starved, mocked, ridiculed. Everything that you can think of in this moment, all the sins of the world being cast upon him. I mean, just, and he says audibly to the Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. How many of us in that moment can, can say, as someone's crucifying you, you could cry out in a prayer and say, forgive them? We can't say that when someone calls us an idiot. <laughs> we can't say that when someone just does something small wrong to us, let alone what Jesus was going through. They hated him. They hated him. And he still said, forgive me. He still had compassion. And I'm thinking, that's, that's, that's a goal to get there right there. When I can be at a point where I'm, I'm getting absolutely unbelievable, just, I, I, how do you even describe that? You don't just say punished. That doesn't even do it justice. Crucified. And still cried out and said, forgive him. Because you know what? I still love him. I still love him. And I, I tagged on Acts 760 because I thought, you know, Jesus wasn't the only one that said it. Stephen, who was a um, he was a disciple that came along after you know Jesus had, had been uh, resurrected and departed. He's before the Sanhedrin and the council and the Jews, and they were just, you know, tearing him down, trying to say, like, you know, quit talking about Jesus, and he gave this great speech. And at the end of it, he says, but he, what's the key here, full of the Holy Spirit. He gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they, the Jewish council, cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears and rushed together at him. They cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he said this, he fell asleep. And I didn't tag it on there, but the one Bible I read broke it down. and said, can, just, can you imagine that being your dying moment, just having that much peace? That you can literally be like, Lord, take my spirit and forgive them. There's no anger in him, no bitterness. He didn't die, you know, being like, Lord, pour fire on all of them. Like, he was completely at peace, 
knowing that his next steps were going to be with the Lord. So we'll close today by saying a couple things. Number one, if you've never accepted Jesus into your heart and you've never confessed him as Savior and you never said, Lord, I repent of my sins and I want you to be the Lord of my life and I need forgiveness and I'm going to be saved and set free. Please come forward today. Let's pray together. Take this journey to lead a spirit-filled life with purpose, destiny, fulfillment. And number two, if you've already been saved and you're like, man, but I just, I don't, I, I don't know, there's something missing. I'm not really leading this spirit-filled life. Check your I mean, check your mindset. Check your thought life. Where, where, where are my thoughts? Where's my heart at? Yes, I'm saved. Yes, I've confessed. But am I still focused over on my sin? Am I still thinking about my old life? Am I still thinking about this temptations? Maybe you need to take a new step that says, I want this spirit-filled life. I want all those gifts and things to be prominent in my life. I want that love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness. We want to pray with you, too. Worship team, you coming up? Please? I think we just rocked the house earlier. Might as well rock it again. Don't, don't deprive the people of what they want. <laughs> David Grubb. Papa. Papa Bear. What are we singing? Goodness of God. So as they start playing, you want to join, let's, we'll pray with you, man. We love to pray with people, man. We love to, to, to get in the spiritual realm and do some, do some warfare, man. Pray over some people. Um, so as they play, if you need saved, never accepted Jesus, please come forward. If you want to lead that new spirit-filled life, man, you want to, you want to get on fast track to all the, the gifts, come forward. We're going to pray with you.